Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and I am so excited to have back with me Ladies First Disc Golf owner, disc golfer, human extraordinaire, Jenny Sanfilippo. Jenny, welcome back. Oh, thank you. I am. Uh, I was really excited when you asked me to be a guest on this again. It's uh, I love supporting what you're doing and, uh, you know, love chatting about disc golf. So nice little Sunday activity here. Awesome. Well, let's get right <laughs> into it. We'll start with our first segment, like we always do, What You've Been Discing, where we each share one disc golf related thing we're excited about. So Jenny, what you got? Uh, well, the most exciting thing that's going on um, is on a regular basis is the Milwaukee Discon Ladies League. We yeah. started our season back up in May, so that which means that guaranteed Thursday nights I get to play disc golf because beyond mm-hmm. that, on the weekends and everything, I don't. I'm not. I I was able to get out this weekend, but I'm just not able to get out as much as I would like so I know Thursdays is ladies night and um so I'm excited to get back out with the girls we've been averaging like seven to eight women two cards of ladies which is nice um because in like for the last couple years we've had about five so it's nice to get our numbers back up and new faces and everything so that is what I am most excited about what are you excited about Well, I am excited because I'm kind of in a stretch right now of uh, competitive play. So I got in a one rounder flex CT here on Friday. (laughs) I didn't play very well. (laughs) It's it's this course here called uh, Heritage that I love. It's it's wooded. It's got tons of fun shots. Um, Scott Reek runs the show out there and he, he does okay. a really great job. Um, and it traditionally it's been very good to me. It just happened to be a day that it wasn't <laughs> like I found a lot of trees and, you know, just further affirmation that I have got to work out this whole forehand thing. Cause I oh, threw yeah. more forehands out of trouble in that round than I think I ever have in any round in my life. So that's all right. But I think it's going to help me uh, in the long run because we've got the Kansas City wide open this upcoming weekend, which is uh, a tier. And I'll be playing in that and kind of by its name, these courses are definitely more open than the one I played on Friday. So yeah. hopefully well, I can enjoy that and, and throw a little bit better. But I'm, I'm really excited to have a little mini disc golf vacation here locally. Yeah, it's nice to get that a competitive round in before like a big tournament like to get that, I don't know, competitive juice flowing and like some of those silly nerves. I know I get those if I haven't mm-hmm. played a tournament for a while. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like I need to make sure that I'm like putting my mini down and like doing tournament stuff that like right. I might not do when I'm just out playing a casual round yeah, or whatever. Definitely. So it's nice to get that like, yeah, that little like warm up to the big the big show. Definitely. How's the weather looking for your weekend here? It's, it's looking good. They have rain predicted uh, for Friday and Saturday right now, but it's really too early because it was that way this last week too. And we've had a totally rain-free weekend. We've had, oh, I think, nice. like an almost week stretch with no rain, which hasn't happened yet. But we are getting this spring cold front today. I think the low tonight's like 56. So hopefully we'll have really moderate temperatures and hopefully the rain will hold off. Um, yes. but yeah, it's, it's looking, it's looking pretty okay. So it would, won't be at least another washout week. <laughs> so, yeah. No, <laughs> the not, yeah. The not playing in mud <laughs> on Friday was pretty sweet. Like oh. even with all my, you know, maybe not as great throws into trees, it was just, I kept reminding myself and taking a minute, like a moment to enjoy the fact that I was outside. It wasn't raining. There wasn't mud everywhere. You know, <laughs> it was really nice. 
Yeah, we've had a lot of rain, too. Like, pretty much all of May, it was raining, and <clears throat> our courses were really wet. Like, it was nice on thir- this past Thursday to be able to go out, and, and my feet weren't soaked instantly. Right. They actually weren't wet at all, and I got to wear some new shoes. So I totally understand that not wet feet, mud, right. mud everywhere feeling. Yeah, that's awesome. Glad to hear it. So Jenny, while we have you, you do run Ladies First Disc Golf. So give us the Ladies First Disc Golf news, updates. What do you have going on? Well, um, as far as new products go, I just made, so I just got some skorts. And I put my logo on them, and I was really nervous. I've been avoiding doing anything with, like, bottoms, like, pants, skirts, skorts, shorts, because uh, they're so difficult, in my opinion, to for people to buy, especially online. So I've been kind of staying away from that. But I do know a lot of ladies wear skorts, Mm -hmm. so I um, have been getting really positive feedback about the skorts so far. They're a little bit longer, but um, I know sometimes people are – looking for a longer skirt. You know, they're not yeah. like long, like to your ankle long, but they're 17 inches as opposed to like a 13 inch skirt, which sometimes is nice, especially if you're like me and you have short little legs and you want to cover them up. So sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> people have been excited about that. And um, also I got some ponytail hats in yeah. recently. Um, some that are non-sparkly because I know mm-hmm. there are people who just they don't groove on sparkles, which I totally get. And then there are some that are very sparkly. Um, so those have been popular. And then on the blog, I, um, if, if you follow Ladies First, you probably know that I put out a Lady of the Month article. And if you really follow me closely, you may have also known that I sometimes miss a couple months, unfortunately. So this month, I am getting back to it after missing April and May. And you, Becca, are the lady of the month for June. I'm so honored. (laughs) (laughs) So I uh, have to get you the questions and hopefully releasing that and towards the middle of the month and something additional with that. And this will help me be more consistent with posting these lady of the month articles is I am going to have a form and a questionnaire for anyone who is interested in being featured as the lady of the month on the ladies first disc golf blog. Um, so I'm hoping that will help me to not miss some months because that's part of the reason why is I get indecisive and, you know, on who I want to choose for the lady of the month. So if people who are players or league directors or tournament, any women Mm -hmm. in disc golf will be welcome. So when the Becca lady of the month blog comes out, I will have the information for people who are interested in becoming a lady of the month in the future as well, because I definitely want to feature ladies of all skill levels in all ranges of, you know, what we do as women of disc golf. So that's very exciting. Yeah. And I really am very honored and very, very excited uh, to be a part of it. And I really love your blog. Like I would also encourage anybody to go check it out and check out some older entries. Uh, There's just a ton of good information in there. uh, Some really good interviews. So yeah, that's really exciting. And your website's just ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com, correct? Yeah, that is correct. And yeah, the blog, that's definitely, so I actually, for my day job that I work at, um, three days of the week, I write blogs about plants. So uh, like flower bulbs and things like that. So I do enjoy writing. And it's one one of the things that I always have on my to do list is to 
write more for the blog. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes it just certain other things get, you know, kind of pushed ahead of that to-do list. So, um, yes, I, I do like to put content on there, but I would consider checking out some of the past content yeah. Yeah. <laughs> currently. Awesome. All right. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, Coach Nova's red hot tip top tip. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. It's time for Coach Nova's Red Hot Tip Top Tips. Quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising. Coming to you bi-weekly on the Ladies of the Chain. Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. When you're out having fun, I'll bet that you don't let plumbers tell you how to roller skate. And I'll bet that you don't let house painters tell you how to play tennis. So don't let a concrete finisher tell you how to throw. I'm talking about tee pads, that place where each new hole begins. That slab of concrete is there to give you sure footing, but it's not there to tell you what to do. That's entirely up to you. Before you throw your tee shot, take a moment to look at your intended line and how it relates to the tee pad, because going right up the middle of the tee pad may not be the ideal way to go. Why not? If the hole has multiple basket positions, the one you're playing today may not be aligned with the direction of the tee pad. If it's an older course, new trees or tree branches may be encroaching on the original design, and a new line to the left or the right, or up and over, may be the better option. Or maybe the people who built the course quite simply didn't point the tee pad in the right direction. I'm sure you've seen that one. So you do you. Sometimes right up the middle is just fine, but if it works better to go diagonally, or to start behind the tee pad and throw from the middle, or even come at it completely sideways and plant just your last steps on the pavement, that's totally okay. A word of caution, though. Remember that at the very moment that you release your throw, you must have one supporting point within the tee area, and no supporting points outside of it. Be careful not to allow your free and creative spirit to get you penalized. To summarize, don't be tyrannized by that trapezoid of tarmac. Planning your throw before you go is tip-top but picking the best run-up is red-hot tip-top. And we are back. We're bringing back our What Would You Throw segment, since I just have Jenny with me this week. And we're going to talk about hole one at Milo West. So this past weekend was the Beaver State Fling. And hole one is kind of the hole I think of um, when I think of the Beaver State Fling. I think it's just because it's a early hole and I don't know. It looks pretty fun to play for sure. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with the hole, it's about 630 feet par four. You've got a bit of a tunnel shot. It's not super tight, but definitely has, you know, trees on either side. And then it goes out to this opening and then you have to go across a street to get to the basket. So Jenny, how would you break this hole down? What what discs would you throw and how would you well, approach it? 
It's, I took a look at the uh, whole one at Milo West. I actually have played at Milo a couple of years ago oh, when I was on awesome. vacation. But I don't think I played that hole because we played only, I think we only played the east side of the course. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I looked at the, and I was like, this doesn't look familiar. Oh, no. Like the Milo Albatross <laughs> hole. Right. I know for a fact I played that. Okay. Which makes that, watching that video of him getting oh, that too even more impressive because oh, yeah. I definitely got like, a six or a seven. I, (laughs) yeah. Um, but so I have played that course and it, I mean, it is like the most magical place on on earth. I, it's definitely my favorite course that I've ever played, but I did take a look at it and I, based on what I could see, I believe I would throw a diamond, a moonshine diamond because lately, so I lost one, unfortunately Mm. this spring in a muddy pond. So I replaced it with a new one and it flew perfectly just how I wanted it from the get-go and I've been able to throw it um relatively low and straight so it looks like that hole has a low ceiling Mm -hmm. um so I feel like that diamond would be my best bet for keeping it low and straight until you have to cross the road that looked to me like a forehand shot Mm. which depending on where I was I would either throw an air sword or my quest technologies t-bone if I was closer so um and then hopefully make the putt. Yeah. And what, what do you putt with? I putt with uh, soft wardens. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I like them. They only so Every once in a while in summer when it gets really humid, I kind of think like, oh, it'd be nice to have, a, you know, like a blend sure. or not something so soft. But in winter, they come in really handy because they definitely don't bounce out of the cold baskets as much. Mm, yeah. So what would you throw? So I'm really trying to work into my mantra and this is like a personality thing a life thing and very much a disc golf thing that I need to slow down like Mm. I am just by nature I like to get to the next thing I'm always thinking about the next thing and it's not always bad but in disc golf it's a good idea to slow down Um, yeah and when I was you know playing on Friday with with some of these tighter shots and it's like I can see it and I know I can make it and I want to grab my favorite you know fairway and just go for it and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't but I'm really trying to make better friends with throwing my uh, mid-range off the tee in these situations because like there's no way I'm gonna birdie this hole like it's just not gonna (laughs) happen right now I could dream someday um so I throw the MVP matrix and okay. it's like my favorite mid in the whole wide world. It's got a bit of a shallower rim, which is good for my tiny girl hands <laughs> and I can throw it good and hard and it will go straight. And it, it depending on, you know, what angle I throw it at, if I throw it nice and flat, um, it will have a little bit of uh, like forward penetrating fade I would say it's not like super overstable so it's not going to dump really hard left and I know that I can throw it when I get my timing right and throw good and I don't grip lock it (laughs) you know I can throw it a good I'm a good 200 220 feet yeah nice and straight so that, that would be my approach I would probably like throw it maybe twice um, I am totally in love with the MVP Entropy, which is a new disc that Sarah Hokum I know, is also bagging and super stoked about. Uh, Kim Janola, that's on the podcast, is bagging it as well, and she's also on Team MVP. And it's sort of MVP's answer to the harp. It's a harp-ish disc. It's certainly not a harp because nothing is a harp. Uh, but 
that disc and I have bonded very well <laughs> over the last about <laughs> month or so. And like uh, for my upshots, it's really it's a little bit more overstable than my matrix and a little um, a little bit shorter. So okay. if I got you know, kind of left and left a little bit with that matrix, then I could probably throw that entropy into the green. If I need something a little bit straighter or if I need a little bit more of an anti shot, I would be throwing my Axiom Proxy and then I put with MVP uh, Envies. So that would be my plan of attack. Inevitably, after I gripped locked my matrix off the tee and went <laughs> to the tree. No, I'm just kidding. No, I... I yeah I would love to get up to uh, Milo someday. Um, I yeah I think at this point everybody needs to make like a disc golf pilgrimage up to Oregon, right? Because we've got double brewing and we've yes. got all these courses, and it's just now like the disc golf destination. I feel like well, and definitely in uh, Portland is Pier Park, right. which I mean I was lucky we to play it. Uh, we had. Uh, a friend of ours, Emma Rose Hanley, she was our tour guide, which was for both courses, actually, for Milo and for Pier Park. And we were able to play it on a weekday, so it mm. wasn't overly busy. And we also were there in February and lucked out with really nice weather, like oh, cool. 55, 60 degrees, which if you're from Wisconsin in February, that weather is like gorgeous. I know other people might be like, that's very cold, but for us, yeah. that's really warm. And so, yeah, it's definitely worth the trip to head up to that area. If you can make it happen, I, I highly suggest it. Mm, wonderful. So that brings us to our topic of the week segment, and we've each brought a topic to discuss today. So Jenny, why don't you go first? Okay. So my topic, so I have a ladies first disc golf Facebook group. And um, some of you may be familiar with this question. If you are a listener of the ladies of the chains podcast and also uh, in this group. So last week I asked, what is your biggest fear on the disc golf course and stated it's okay to have fears. You just have to be ready to face them. Cause I didn't want people to not reply thinking that they had to be tough and not tell us their fears. So I actually, when I posted this question and I didn't list my fears, so I'll let you guys kind of know some of my fears. Mm. I was actually, I thinking, uh, you know, like, Anything, it could be like a an actual fear, like bad weather or something, or it could just be like a mental fear, sure. you know, something yeah. that you fear happening to you, like as far as how your thought process is going. So I did get a mix of answers. And um, surprisingly, some of the things that I was getting answers that people are fearing um, were snakes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are afraid of snakes. So I don't know if because there's not a ton of snakes around here, but they mm -hmm. typically that's not usually a concern of mine on the disc golf course. Do you have a lot of snakes in Kansas? Uh, yeah. And actually on Friday, I saw this little baby snake and I like totally freaked out just because I was so excited to see a baby snake. I thought it was super uh -huh. cute. <laughs> so I hope maybe the person who's afraid of snakes could encounter like a cute little baby snake. and then Maybe it would be less scary because they're... Uh, I mean, the ones around here, I don't even know if we have any harmful ones. I should probably find out. But as far as I know, everything around here is pretty benign. Yeah. Our snakes, like in Wisconsin, they're like grass grass snakes. They're, they're not really... I think I would be startled, but I wouldn't be in fear and I could continue playing my round of disc golf without it affecting me. Sure. But I do know a lot of people who have fear yeah. of snakes. Absolutely. So that was a very popular answer yeah. was 
um, fear of snakes. Um, also, uh, tree branches or trees mm. falling on you. Oh yeah, was a concern. Um, which I understand because I've definitely been playing in the woods when it's windy out, right. you know, like right before it's going to storm and it's like, we should probably leave because <laughs> right. this could get dangerous. Or if, you know, the course, like the parks department hasn't gotten to the course to mm -hmm. take down that tree that's leaning, you know, those definitely can, um, be something that, you know, to be a bit fearful of. Yeah. Um, it seems for the ladies that no access to any sort of bathroom mm -hmm. at the tournament was a big fear. And that was actually something that I know women are concerned because I'm concerned too, but it was something that it didn't cross my mind as far as something that's something that people are very concerned with. But I had a couple people who had that fear, you know, for various reasons, which I understand. Yeah. Um, so I guess if that's a tip, if you're running a tournament that you anticipate a lot of female players at, to ensure you have plenty of access to restrooms. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, and then uh, poison ivy, uh, hitting someone else with a disc, bees, if you're allergic, that can mm -hmm. definitely be an issue. I think the number one uh, thing that was an actual physical threat that people were afraid of was ticks. Yep. And I definitely understand that because I, too, am afraid of ticks, and especially... The, it seems that the ones that, you know, cause the most damage are very small, mm -hmm. like less noticeable. Sure. So, um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully people are checking themselves after, after they're done playing and their dogs and everything. Um, but then beyond that, you know, some people were, you know, concerned of like tournament anxiety and yeah. feeling like they're not going to perform well and that they're going to miss all their putts and, that's kind of when I post the posed the question, I was kind of thinking like, I'm always worried that like, I'm just going to have an off day because sure. you can never plan for an off day. Mm -hmm. You know, you wake up and you might feel great, but you get to the course and just everything's off. So like during a casual round or league round, I'm not as concerned about it, but in a tournament, you know, so I don't know if it's my biggest fear, but it's definitely a concern. It's just, not performing up to your full potential. Yeah. I think that's a biggest fear. So what what would your biggest fear be on the disc golf course? Where do we even begin? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to speak just really quickly to the tick thing, because I've been doing a ton of research about ticks recently because I had two tick bites last week. <laughs> oh, no. But here's the thing, and I think it kind of ties into facing your fears, and I'm not saying anyone should become just careless when it comes to ticks because I certainly did not have that reaction I got um I think it's pomerithin or okay. if you um, don't have cats um which I don't have this can be a good solution because you you kind of just soak your clothes and shoes in it and then okay. they're like good to go for up to six washes or 42 days um and I was in like tick central on Friday and as far as I could tell I got nothing okay um but if if you do catch the ticks, you can, you know, get them off you. If they're not on you for very long, you have much better chances of not having a terrible reaction. And you just want to make sure you have one of those tick removers with you or tweezers and you just get as close to the skin as you can and pull them off. Um, so 
definitely stay vigilant but it was really funny on friday because everyone i was playing with was super concerned and i'm just like whatever i lived you know like <laughs> so i'm still concerned because like i grew up in colorado and like there's the rocky mountain spotted fever and just had this like crazy fear of ticks right but now that i've encountered them it's like okay this isn't great this isn't something i want to mess with but it also doesn't mean you know certain calamity right like it's possible and very much so can be okay. So I got a lot of advice, talked to a lot of people before I got there. I was a little freaked out for sure. Um, so as far as fears on the course go for me, uh, I actually have a lot of anxiety just naturally as a human person. Uh-huh. And uh, that's kind of one of the things I like about disc golf is because I love it so much. It forces me to kind of push through some of those things, which I think is can be really healthy. Um, and like for me, I, I'm really afraid of being stuck. So I tend to play Mm. more open courses or just know my way out. Um, so as long as I can kind of feel like, okay, I know pretty much where my car is and boy, is you disc great for that. Right. Cause I have the course map. I've got my little blue dot. I know I can like run away if I need to. Um, so just kind of natural anxiety that, that helps for sure. But, um, that's probably like the thing I'm most afraid of is like just being stuck on a course if there's bad weather or if I start feeling weird or you know any of those other things and and thankfully it hasn't been too much of an issue um but I think that's like when I get more most nervous like we did an episode about um the mental game last year we had Anthony Perrier come in shout out to Anthony he's super great I just saw him a couple days ago too but Mm -hmm. You know, something he mentioned that really resonated with me is that a lot of like the pre-tournament anxiety can be hard to distinguish from just excitement. And that really helped me because I realized, okay, I feel anxious before every tournament, which I think is normal. Like that's the thing. Mm -hmm. Everybody feels some degree of butterflies unless you like hate disc golf, thinks it it's stupid and you don't really want to be there anyway. Right. Like, right. That's just, that's, yeah. That's just I mean, part of caring. <laughs> yeah. So I, I relax a little bit more now because I realize, okay, part of this is just excitement and it's just going to be there and it's survivable. And you know, you just kind of have to let it ride, kind of embrace it and then go have fun. Yeah. That's a good way to, to look at it, you know, is, well, and I, I think having a little bit of nerves, anxiety is definitely good. Like right. it's, it's a good thing. It's just managing it and it's, you know, making sure that you're, you can do whatever you can to ride the wave of good feelings of anxiety, you know, like the excited feelings and not get into a downward spiral, right. you know, of, of things. So, yeah, I mean, I think with, you know, fears and anything, um, it can vary, you know, it can Mm -hmm. be these very tangible things like a tick or a snake or a tree limb, but it can also be just, you know, the things that make you feel bad that you just don't want to deal with on, you know, during your hobby, your fun time and everything. So, yeah, but it was really, it was very interesting to see the responses. So if you want to comment or check it out, uh, join the latest first disc group, disc golf group, if you are not already part of it. So you mentioned yeah. kind of fear of having a an off day. Do you have any of those like tangible things like poison ivy or any of those other um, things you worry about? Well, I'm, ticks are definitely a concern for me because yeah. we definitely have them in Wisconsin. Oh, and yeah. my dad, um, he doesn't play disc golf, but he, you know, has like hunted and fished his whole life. So sure. he's been outdoors in the woods and tall grass areas. 
And a few years ago in northwestern Wisconsin, he was in like the end of October. There had been a hard frost. He assumed mm. all the ticks were gone. He, I don't know what he was doing, but he, a few weeks later, started feeling really sick and mm. it just wouldn't go away. And then they realized that, oh, you had been bitten by a tick. And luckily they caught it early enough that he was able to get the antibiotics nice. and everything. Yep. Um, but, but, you know, I've known other people who haven't you know, been able to get it early enough and it, you know, um, so I'd say ticks are probably my biggest fear, but I'm lucky I don't get poison ivy. My husband does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, so I would say, yeah, that's probably it. And then every once in a while, like if I'm playing a solo round, if there's like kind of a, you know, little stranger danger, sometimes I don't really have a lot of defense skills. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I just make sure I have phone and keys on me. If in case there's like a strange looking guy on the edge of the woods, I might just skip that hole or avoid it. So, um, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate that us ladies probably have to think about that more than the guys who are playing because they, you know, it's just another guy, but for us, it's, you know, something you just have to be aware of your surroundings. So awesome. Yeah, definitely something I think about too. All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit generally about the state of the FPO division. And this kind of comes out of an exchange I've had with the Upshot podcast over the last couple of weeks. So I love the Upshot podcast. It was actually the first disc golf podcast that I found uh, when I was getting back into the sport three years ago and just looking for a disc golf podcast. So I really, really enjoy it. I think they do an awesome job. Um, I really loved it when Steve Hill was on there. I think Jamie Thomas has been an excellent um, replacement for him. So it's, it's just one of those podcasts that I actually listen to pretty much in entirety every week. Uh, and so <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, they did this episode where they had this segment, a uh, big deal or not a big deal. And the question that they asked for this was, is it a big deal that Paige and Kat seem to be way above everybody else in the division? And it kind of feels like they're going to win every week. Um, and I want to apologize because I don't think they had like any malicious intent whatsoever, but I was feeling a little feisty that day. <laughs> it touched a nerve like this conversation. And I don't want to like talk about this too much because hopefully I'll get a chance to, you know, dialogue with them on a podcast about it. Uh, but basically I kind of made the case for why the FPO division is really exciting right now. But unfortunately I made a poor choice in words and closed it with no need to stop the division. And I feel like that made them feel like I thought they were being malicious or something, which Mm. I I wasn't at all. That was more coming out of a place of frustration just from YouTube comments and Reddit and internet people and and some real life conversations, but certainly not too much. Um, But anyway, so in this segment, they basically concluded that right now it doesn't feel like anyone has a shot besides Kate Catterpage and maybe Evelina and they came to the conclusion that that's concerning and I really hope I get to talk to them about that because I don't really understand exactly where they were coming from um so that's that kind of put a pin in that and I'll kind of just make my arguments for why I think FPO is really really exciting right now and I don't know, like I said, exactly why they decided it was a big deal or not. Like, I want to find out um, because, like, why I think that might 
be a big deal is just because the division's smaller, right? And uh-huh. like why I get like really passionate and like fired up, especially about this stuff is that, you know, for a long time now, and I think things are hopefully getting better as disc golf grows and as the FPO uh, division grows, but it was like this catch 22 cycle where, you know, the touring pro ladies are putting in just as much work as the guys They're They have all the expenses that the guys have as well. And they know they're going to get less payout if they get any, you know, Mm -hmm. And that to me is concerning. That's really tough just because of the way things are set up that even with added cash, most of the time they're getting less of that too. So it just makes it really, really, really hard to tour. And again, we've got more women on tour this year, which is awesome. And things are, are like getting better, but I don't think that like Paige and Kat raising the ceiling is bad. And I also think like a lot of other players are, are stepping up. So I pulled some stats and one of my favorite stats is, uh, so last year at this point in the season, just counting NTs and disc golf pro tour stops. And I didn't include Portland open because Portland open didn't exist last year. We had had 7,000 or above rated rounds from four different players and this year we already have 17. <laughs> like, wow. Round ratings aren't everything, but I mean, that's something, right? That's significant. Mm-hmm. And granted, like 10 of those are from Paige and Cat, but that's from uh, seven different players total. So lots of players are finding their ways to 1,000 rated rounds. Um, last weekend at the El Nino Open, like Sarah Hokum, Haley King, Callie McMorrin, Missy Gannon, I mean, they all just went off and had these awesome round ratings and it's so frustrating because like they have these great rounds and everyone's like well but what about the course and was it really challenging enough and I'm like what are we like what are we supposed to do (laughs) right right can't yeah should be congratulations and maybe the course was set exactly to their you know not exactly but more suited for their skill level so they're really it is you know, a true reflection because they're playing the best of their ability. I mean, and that's like a whole topic that's so related to this. And obviously you and I both know there's not consensus amongst women players when it comes to things like separate tee pads for women and courses for women and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But that definitely plays a huge part in whether a course is scorable or not for most of the division. And players are throwing farther and farther and things like that. But there is that reality that we see more parity, certainly on courses that are more suited probably to the whole division. And that Uh just is what it is. But I get frustrated too, because last year there was this narrative about this time of year that, well, a little earlier because Paige eventually lost the San Francisco Open in, in May last year. But early in the season, it's like, well, Paige is just going to win everything and she should play MPO. And then, you know, eventually she lost a tournament. And this is just how people talk about sports, too. Right. But then everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. no, what's wrong with Paige? Why isn't she winning? And I'm right. Like, this isn't fair. This is so hard. And I think part of it too like I said is how we talk about sports and we're just very focused on like the winners maybe um but yeah I don't know you've been around the sport a lot longer than I have so as you've watched FPO develop um and how things are going this year how do you feel about it yeah I think it's one thing that I've just uh noticed actually this last weekend 
is the amount of, and I know, like you said, ratings aren't everything, right. but the amount of um, women players who are rated over 900 right. and not just like a couple points over 900, like there's, it seems to be an increasing amount of, you know, women who are 925 plus 930 and beyond. And it's, you know, that in itself, and a lot of them are the younger players that right. it's like, well, you know, they're, you know, in their, let's say, upper teens, early 20s, and they're that high, like, they're, you know, they're coming. They're, right. <laughs> they're going to be at the top in that mix, too, you know. And I and there are definitely a lot of, um, you know, players that have also been in the mix in the last couple of years as far as being on top, like a Jessica Weiss or right. Sarah Holcomb, um, you know, and beyond that, I know there's, you know, more yeah. than those two ladies, but you know, yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, it's it definitely seems that Cat and Page are tend to be the two on top, but that's not always the case. It just right you know, maybe and, seems like it more, um, and they do throw further than a good portion of the field, which on certain courses, you know, that it has is a huge advantage. Right. Um, I know because I, I don't throw far, so people who <laughs> throw further than me, I'm always like, oh. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think there is a broader range of talent. And since when I started playing, yeah, I mean, the, well, th when I first started playing, there wasn't really any video coverage. Right. But, like, I was reading about people winning in the PDGA magazine. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, I you know, like, social media was around when I started playing, but it wasn't what it is now. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know that even, and I, probably the first like year or two, I wasn't, you know, as far as like paying attention to the PDJ on their website to look for, you know, who had won, but I would definitely read it in the P in the disc golfer magazine. And I, I just don't think that the amount of women in the FPO division was what it was. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think we're progressing, and it's really going to be exciting probably in the next 10 years to mm -hmm. see how that changes with oh, so yeah. many young ladies starting to play, like mm -hmm. playing from, you know, being a kid, and now they're going to be teenagers and, you know, young adults, and I just, I think in the next 10 years, it's really going to diversify as oh, far yeah. as the uh, talent pool goes. But And I don't think that, Cat and Paige playing as well as they are and sort of having some of these two horse races is a bad thing at all. Like if we look at the MPO division and when Ricky and Paul were just going that's, back and forth, like that's yeah. some of the greatest years of growing the professional side. And obviously that's like a media thing too, but you well, know, and it's that, not bad. Yeah. And that was uh, as far as the MPO goes, that was even a thing for, you know, before, you know, with Barry Schultz and Ken Climo, right. I mean, they were going back and forth too. So, I mean, that can happen, I guess, in any of these top professional divisions where you have, you know, a couple super, you know, people who stand out more. Right. And I do agree that it is sports talk too. I mean, I don't, right. you know, certain sports as well, like, you know, if you only follow the NFL a little bit, you probably know like the top three quarterbacks. Right. And but it doesn't mean that those other quarterbacks, you know, couldn't beat you know beat the other team or whatever. Sure. So yeah, and and I do think right, like you said, it's not a bad thing to have you know these two players that seem to be going back and forth. But I think that there's room, 
at the top for, you know, a lot of other women and they're, they're coming up or they've been there and they'll, you know, continue to be, to be there. Well, I think you make a great point about coverage too. Cause if we think about kind of the evolution of how we follow disc golf to your point, Back in the day, we just had, here are the tournament results and here are the numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as you're talking about like Barry Schultz and Ken Climo back in the day, we have had legends that are phenomenal disc golfers, obviously like Des Redding and Juliana Corver and Elaine King and and all these names that, you know, back in the day were battling it out as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But now we have U-Disc so we can like analyze the numbers a little bit more. But I think having the actual video coverage is so huge because sometimes when you just look at the score, it's like, well, they lost by 10. And yeah, ultimately, that's where, you know, the cash is going to fall and that's what matters. But like, man, the Portland Open, that first round was so exciting because like Vanessa Van Dyken was just flaying every hole like she was parking shots and it was amazing and like Missy Gannon was just making all these putts and getting to see more of the women play on video Uh coverage it's like oh this is exciting and this is something I want to follow and this is something I want to watch and I think that's my concern about the concerns I guess right (laughs) is that I don't want to build these narratives that make it seem like, well, is it even worth watching? Or is this division even competitive and all of these things? Because it, you know, it is really, really a very exciting time. I don't know. And like, there's so many, (laughs) so many different like offshoots that could go off of this conversation. Um, But I think, I guess, in my conclusive statement, and obviously I'm very, very biased because FPO is what I really care about it what gets me really excited and like to be fair I don't really watch women's sports traditionally outside of like the U.S. women's national team right because that's like really exciting when they come around Mm -hmm. Um, but as big of a basketball fan as I am I don't really watch the WNBA but like women's disc golf to me is is exciting and I get really excited to watch it so obviously that's why I get a little bit more sensitive about some of these (laughs) comments to be fair to be fair (laughs) all right so we'll wrap that up and we will take a quick break and when we come back our ladies league spotlight and our fpo wrap up from the weekend's events and we are back with our ladies league spotlight so jenny you already talked a little bit about the disc on ladies league but can you give me your like one or two minute rundown of how it works how it started where people can find you and how they can attend Okay, so we actually have several leagues throughout the uh, upper Midwest area, I guess I would call our region Great Lakes area. Um, It started in 2012 by Mindy, and she she was doing it for a couple of years, and then they came down to Milwaukee for a travel league, and some girls from other parts of the state of Wisconsin came to this travel league. We all decided we wanted ladies leagues in our areas. And instead of making all these different ladies leagues, we just formed them under one Discon ladies league. Um, So we're all connected. Uh, So we have a league in Milwaukee, Madison, Wausau, Wisconsin. um, Let me see. Oh, uh, Lakeside, which is like Southeast Wisconsin, like Kenosha area. And then we have two leagues in Michigan, a league in Rockford, Illinois, and a league in Quad City, Iowa. 
um, all ladies who, you know, kind of like what we were doing and maybe we went to their area for a travel league and they wanted to be under this umbrella of ladies leagues. So our leagues are generally going to be a little bit more on the casual side and uh, focus on welcoming all players and not so much on a super competitive environment. So they are free to play and we do keep score at all the leagues, but we don't really, there's no entry fee. So there's no like, you know, standings and things like that. So um, a lot of the ladies like it because it's just that night out of the house that it's, it's just their time, you know, and it's mm-hmm. casual and relaxed and everything like that. So um, the Milwaukee, our Milwaukee league runs on Thursdays uh, from at 6 p.m. And we rotate between Esterbrook Park and Drotska Park. And uh, the Madison League is on Tuesdays, and they switch between Token and Capital Springs. And then Wausau, I believe, is on Mondays, I think. And the other leagues, so I don't tell you about all these times, <laughs> you, can, <laughs> um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we do have a Facebook page, Discon Ladies League. We also have a Facebook group, Discon Ladies League. And then each of the different areas tend to have a Facebook group as well. And one last thing about the Discon Ladies League is on June 29th, we are running the sixth annual Wisco Disco, which is part of the Midwest Women's Tour. It is sold out uh, with 80 ladies signed up and 10 on the wait list. So um, we're really excited because we moved it to Token Creek in Madison and we have, um, you know, player party planned and lunch for everyone and awesome players packs and a group campsite. So it's it's going to be great. So if you want to come and attend and spectate, if you're in the area, you are more than welcome to come in and join the festivities and, and check it out. But it is sold out, and I don't anticipate any additional spots being added. So That's so exciting. What a exciting kind of problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, we sold out. I was actually driving home from the glass blown open, oh, wow. and I was in some place in Iowa, and uh, my co-pilot, who I picked up in Dixon, Illinois, Nora Bellotti, Yeah. she, uh, I think I was driving at the time. We stopped at a rest stop. She's like, do you want me to drive? And I was like, sure. So I looked at my phone and I'm like, see that Christina, our secretary, had posted that there were only 15 spots left. And then it was like my phone. I was looking at my phone and Nora had ended up driving so I could look at my phone because yeah. I don't, you know, <laughs> right, do right, right. things at once. But I'm looking and it's like, you know, Gmail notification. So-and-so has registered. So-and-so has registered. So-and-so has registered. Like people sending me messages. What division do I play? There's only three spots left. And, you know, I'm just going to sign up and everything. So it was like within an hour, I mean, or less, those last spots went. And so it was very exciting to be sold out that far in advance. Um, I wish there was a way we could add more spots, but it's just not really possible without, um, you know, making it a very, very long day for everyone. Definitely. That's so, so so yeah, it's definitely, we're, we're very excited. So coming up at the end of the month here. Awesome. And I wanted to give a quick plug for the Omaha Ladies Open. That's on July 13th in Omaha and is part of our Heartland Women's uh, Series and there are still openings for that tournament. So check it out. Go get you signed up for the Omaha Ladies Open. I have one thing to say about the Omaha Ladies Open. So some of the ladies who run the or started that tournament, they came to the Wisco Disco like in its first or second year. Oh yeah. 
because they were so excited about a women's tournament that, and they wanted to check it out. And then they started running that. Yep. And that was really exciting that they drove so far. I mean, we were so excited to have them yeah. and I still, I have a postcard from them on my refrigerator still because they were so excited. So I, I wish I could make it, but yeah, I definitely think if people are in that area to check it out. Wonderful. That's, that's great. So that's a nice segue into our FPO wrap up because speaking of the Midwest women's tour, we're going to start with disc girls gone wild that took place this last weekend and want to shout out the winners here. So it was a tight FPO battle, but Jennifer Sawyer took the win. So shout out to nice. Jay Saw. She shot over her weekend, or sorry, she shot over her rating all weekend. Uh, looked like some really fun, exciting play in FPO. And then FP40 was won by Sarah DeMar, FA1, Rachel Wigland, FA55, Maureen Miller, FA60, Rebecca Gilbert, FA70, Nancy Wright, FA2, Aaron Faulkner, FA3, Amanda Vivens, and FA4, Cindy Gould. And Jenny, you probably know all of those people. Did I do okay on the pronunciation? Yeah, I actually know at least like at least half of them. Nice. Um, so yeah, I think you you nailed it there. Okay. So good job. Thank you for the people with the easy names winning. That made it easier. Yeah, Disc Girls is a fun tournament. I yeah. was hoping to go, but I just had some other responsibilities sure. here. In Wisconsin, but that's definitely always uh, top of my list of women's events to attend if if possible. Awesome. And we had a couple uh, women's events take place today, including the Queens of the Creek and in FPO, Natalie Ryan. Extra shout out to Natalie. She shot a 957 in round two to take the win. And that's 113 points above her current wow. rating. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, especially in round two, like lately, I I have not been pulling off the better yeah. round two than round one. But anyway, <laughs> so shout out to Natalie, that's so cool. And then FP forty was won by Autumn Grace, FA one Alicia Knox, FA forty Mary Noonan, FA two Jillian Ernest, and FA three Pamela Kelman. And then the women crush Wilco also took place in Texas today, but the scores weren't posted uh, before we recorded, so I will post that on Facebook. Uh, another stop on the Euro Tour took place this weekend, the Sula Open, and no surprise at all, Kristen Tatar won. She's still undefeated, which is awesome. She just nice. keeps shooting above her rating and winning all the things, and she'll be out here later this year, and I'm really, really excited for that. Uh, Kalamazoo Open was an A-tier that took place also up there in your neck of the woods, Jenny, in Michigan, uh, and Ellen Boom took the win there. So the other big tournament was of course the beaver state fling national tour and jenny have you gotten a chance to check out any of the fpo coverage yet uh not any of the coverage i was i was not i was pretty busy yesterday sure. and then today um i just haven't had a chance to check it out the coverage i think i know i know who is leading but i don't yeah. know who won. okay okay <laughs> cool 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 well spoiler alert but anyway <laughs> uh so uh, Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, is doing the FPO coverage for this tournament. And round one is out for sure. I'm sure round two will be out here shortly. It might be already because, to your point, I got kind of busy this weekend as well. Yep. Um, but on round one, it's uh, Zoe Andyke and Paige Pierce doing commentary, which is always a good time. They do such a good job. And uh, especially Zoe. Zoe might be my favorite FPO commentator uh, mm -hmm. just because she goes through so many good tips that I can like apply to my game. And I don't know, 
I think maybe one other time already this season, but she's actually commentating on her own play. So she like tells you what's going on in her head. It's kind mm-hmm. of awesome. Nice. And, and Paige is just like totally slaying that round too. And Vanessa Van Dyken, this is a huge spoiler, but I don't care, but she is hitting all the putts. Like <laughs> basically big spoiler alert, but fair warning, just expect her to make the putt. Uh, it's okay. really cool to see. Um, so I've only, and I've only gotten through the front nine so far, so I'm excited to watch the rest of that. Anyway, so your final results. Uh, Paige Pierce takes the win, and her total for the tournament was one over. Uh, Katrina Allen fought her way back to second place at four over. And then Jennifer Allen came in third place at eight over. And Vanessa Van Dyken and Paige Birkus tied uh, both at nine over. So... Pretty exciting tournament. Um, a lot of good play. You and I were just talking about uh, Lisa Fake has had the hot round three, which is great. So she was uh, one under today. And then uh, Haley King, who is only 17, had <laughs> the yep. uh, even on the day for this, the second hottest round, I guess is what you would say. And kind of to our discussion earlier, man, one of these weekends, and I'm going to I'm going to make a bold prediction that I, I hate making predictions, but I will not be surprised. And I would at this point expect if someone not named Paige or Katrina or Sarah or an international player takes down a disc golf pro tour or a national tour this season, um, because all it takes is three rounds of what they did in one round. And that's it, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And obviously golf is hard to be consistent at that's what keeps us all addicted to it (laughs) um but uh to your point earlier just a beautiful course i'm excited to consume a ton of this coverage kind of throughout this next week so all right well that brings us to the end of the show jenny thank you so much again do you have any shout outs anything else you want to let our listeners know uh well i just thank you for having me on as a guest and uh look for the lady of the month article featuring becca and uh, your opportunity or any anyone's opportunity to become a future lady of the month uh, featured on our blog. So I guess those are the, the main shout outs and everything. And yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm honored. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. So Thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. You can use the code guitar at checkout, and as a new customer, you will get a discount. So heads up about next week. I'm not entirely sure I'm going to put out an episode uh, because I really want to focus on playing the Kansas City Wide Open. Uh, So that may or may not happen. I might talk to uh, one of the FPO players coming out here. We'll, We'll see how everything shakes off. But I do have big plans for two weeks from now for a very, very special episode that I'm hoping everything will continue to come together for. So keep an eye on your feeds for that and get out and play some disc golf. And we'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. Podcast.